Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, which is the San Jose Mercury and the East Bay Times in Walnut Creek, both in California. I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. My co-host and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and every once in a while we have had guests on from other countries. I don't think we've ever had a guest on who's on a cruise, but our guests today are Grant and Bonnie Sinclair. They're the authors of a new RVing book uh, that um, talks about their adventures in 25 places that are must-goes for people who are in that industry. So Grant and Bonnie, welcome to our podcast, Where Have We Found You? And and um, could you tell us a little introductory about your book? Sure. Our book is called Moon USA RV Adventures, and it is 25 um, RV itineraries taking you all around the country of what to see, where to go, what to do when you get there, where to camp, where to eat. Where to buy groceries, too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> And uh, I'm Grant Sinclair, and you have found us. We are on the road, well, on the ship, actually, in Cozumel, Mexico right now. That's great. Um, the book, um, the idea from the book, even though you have lots of adventures and you've been on the road, what was the determining factor of you guys to become authors? And maybe you've written other books. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know that. But what was the determining point that you guys said, we, we've done this, let's, let's write a book? Um, well, we were presented with the opportunity, um, kind of got in touch with Moon from a, with another author that writes for Moon, and uh, I think as teachers, we, we're always wanting to impart our knowledge, and so when the opportunity presented itself to kind of share what we've learned and help others have the same experiences that we've had, we, we just couldn't pass it up, um, so... We jumped on it and uh, learned what writing a book is all about. And yes, this is our first book. Great. So uh, that was definitely fun. Yes, I was very impressed with the uh, the different things you have on there. The availability of gas and groceries, weather conditions, local restaurants to visit, um, whether you need advanced reservations. You even have a section on, uh, like especially in California, the wildfire uh, areas up up north and along the coast, and so I, I was really impressed with all the knowledge and uh, that's that's in the book. Thank you. We we, we tried to cram a lot of it. We've uh, we've taken our camper to forty eight out of fifty states and camped in forty three out of those. So we, we've learned a lot along the way. What kind of camper do you have? We have a twenty seven foot Keystone. Elite 23RB, and it's a um, it's a travel trailer. I see. Okay, I have a Keystone as well, so you're good people. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, yeah. What it as a person who's just been involved with with only one book, and it was you know I pretty much had to scratch uh, start from scratch and had to learn about editing uh, from a professional editor. Although I'm a reporter, it's another kind of area. Uh, and the process of writing a book, um, how did you guys tackle that with so much out there in the world? Um, obviously, you had the 25 places, but what was the book writing process? How long did it take? And 
I always ref- refer to this when we've talked to other authors. Did you have three by five cards on the side of a wall in a bedroom and said, okay, we're, we're going to narrow this down? Or how did you approach the process of, of narrowing down just so much available information? That, that really was probably the biggest learning curve for us because we do have a website and we're, we're used to blogging and writing. Yes. But the style of writing for the guidebook and working with an editor um, was definitely a new process for us. Um, but we, you know, we started with, and here's our rough outline of itineraries, and then the editor gave us some feedback on that, and we scrapped a couple of itineraries. We added on a couple of new ones. Um, we kind of went through, you know, just figuring out where would we stop, what do we want to include, and then we had to go into the really details of step-by-step directions and step-by-step, you know, stop here, you know, explore this museum, now go to your campground, now break for dinner, um, you know, just really getting involved. And as we worked through the the different itineraries, we kind of adjusted our process a little bit on how we shared the responsibilities of everything. Um, At first, we started out, and one of us would take one route, and one would take another route. We'd be working on them simultaneously, and we quickly realized that the research going into just tracking down the details on some of the campgrounds and some of the other places you know, phone numbers, websites, et cetera, that uh, that was all-encompassing. So um, the, we, ended, you know, we ended up sitting in our office, and you know, one of us would be writing out the route and telling the other, okay, we're going to stay the night here, find us some campgrounds. And you know, the other person would be you know, getting in, doing all the research, finding campgrounds. If we've been there, which campgrounds did we stay at? Because we have a, a log of all the campgrounds we've stayed at. Did we enjoy it? Um, okay, if we didn't, well, what what else is available in the area? Um, so it, it was very much uh, a different process, far more detail-oriented than we normally write. Gotcha. All-encompassing is a good word because it is quite extensive, the, the information you have. I wondered, you probably did this on the road in real time, quite a bit of it. What kind of Internet service did you have? That's a good question. Um, we're not full-timers, believe it or not. Right. So we actually were at home writing the vast majority of everything. Right. Um, we, we actually were full-time teachers. Oh, okay. So we teach during the year, and then we make a point to, to take off for every break. And uh, that's how we've seen a majority of the country is by uh, traveling on our breaks, especially over the summers. I see. Very good. What are some highlights? Uh, when I think of highlights and must-sees, I'm thinking of uh, inspirational views. Uh, Yosemite, Crater Lake, Yellowstone, Grand Tetons. If somebody were to ask you, like, what are three or four of the best things to see in the U.S. of A. in an RV, what what comes to mind? Honestly, exactly what you said. We the national parks, state parks, um, just those wide open spaces are to us kind of the highlights of RVing. That it's just so difficult to take a, any kind of RV 
other than maybe a camper van into a big city or a city of any size, really, um, that, that we find the best thing for RVing is get out into a national park, um, you know, something you can camp inside is what we love. Um, you know, just finding those off the wall remote places that might not have a lot of restaurants. So you're thankful to have your kitchen with you. Um, and one of the other aspects, you know, when we talk about, you know, recommending is everybody knows the Green Canyon, everybody knows Yellowstone, everybody knows Yosemite, but when you start talking about some of the other places we include in there, like Great Basin National Park in Nevada, um, which we kind of consider one of our uh, our favorite unsung heroes of the national parks, or, you know, spending time in the Black Hills. That, that was the first route we wrote for the book, was uh, the best of the Dakotas, um, the Black Hills of South Dakota, and getting up into um, the Badlands of North Dakota. And, uh, you know, most folks, when you say, hey, we spent a month in South Dakota like we did in 2020, they'd say, really? Why? <laughs> Why? Um, I would say, count me in. I'd like to do that. <laughs> Yeah, but you find a good campground and you just, you know, set up camp and enjoy life um, and and not feel like you have to rush from place to place to place. Um, so. That's really one of our favorite aspects about our being is it forces you to slow down. There, there, there's no getting around it. When you're towing something, um, when you're driving a large uh, Class A motorhome, you're not getting there fast. Um, and, uh, you know, the, one of the bits that we make a point to do in the, the book is talk about, you know, the, the pacing of the book, you're not going to find many days where we recommend driving more than 300 miles because we've come to feel that that's about the right length to drive in a day when you're towing, uh, or driving something big. So it, it we, we definitely make that point to to pace ourselves and, and sit back and enjoy some of the hidden places in the country. What comes to mind to me is discussing with Bruce when he and his wife uh, first bought their their um, motorhome, their, their RV, excuse me, uh, that I said, Brett, what did you do? And, and in a word, Bruce would say nothing, which he'd say he forced himself to relax, to read a book or two, to go for a walk, to sit there and look at the you know nature and um, that would be, I've never done it, but that would be something that I would do um, as well. Like, I, I, I have time to do nothing, <laughs> which just seems like not yeah, a good sure. thing. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and that is one of our favorite things, is sitting outside the camper, in our chairs, reading a book, drinking a refreshing beverage, <laughs> and uh, enjoying, especially when we're camping somewhere, um, that's really pretty and you can, you can see all the beauty just from your campground and that, that's, yeah, we love that. Uh, and that's one of the recommendations we make in the book is you know, the book is itinerary focused and an itinerary of sit at your campground and do nothing isn't very exciting. So the itineraries tend to be a little more on the go, what to see and do, but we make the recommendation to, 
you know, add in more days of just sitting back and enjoying your campground or taking something that we wrote to be, you know, a one day, you know, whatever we said to do in one day, break it up into two days if that's better for, you know, if you've got the time to do that. Um, so we want people to use the book as, as inspiration and, you know, where to go and approximately how much time to give yourself, but certainly feel free to make it last longer or just take a small part of an itinerary. If you've only got four days to, to tackle, um, you know, that, that's okay. Sure. Sure. I, I did like those itineraries and, the, the the good maps it, it allows you to do you know what you want to do stop where you want to stop but it gives you a good roadmap a good starting place right yeah and and honestly the editor and just you know the way that moon guides tend to be laid out that you know they get a lot of credit for that sure um, because you know they're the experts on that and and helping us to know exactly what those details need to be in there and. Um, we like the, the maps and everything just so you can see where are the different areas, you know, do I want to focus on the Northeast or the Southwest and are there two or three routes together that, you know, if I've got more time, I can connect them. Um, so, yeah. And one thing I'll note on the maps, we work together with the cartography department at Moon pretty extensively to make sure that, um, the, the routings on the maps followed the routings in the book so that we avoided, you know, sending folks with RVs on roads that RVs aren't allowed. Uh, and that's one thing we really made a point to avoid um, in, in our, you know, in our routings was, for example, uh, we've got a route that traverses the East Coast of the U.S. And we know that in and around New York State and New Jersey in particular, there were some spots in there we had to pay really close attention on exactly where that map was going because there are parts of, like, the Garden State uh, Expressway, for example. You just can't take an RV on it. Yes. Um, the same in, in New York. We, we were really focused on making sure that uh, those maps are, are not just pretty and, and awesome to – holding your hand, but are useful for navigation as well. Well, thanks for that point. Um, I wanted to go back just a little bit. You, you're both teachers. Um, having been married to a teacher for a long time now, uh, I've heard a lot of teacher stories. And um, just to cover a little personal ground, <laughs> where are you teachers and what level? And and um, I'm just going to compliment you because I, I know that being a teacher is a uh, a really hard job, and um, congratulations to you guys. You, we're strangers, but I have nothing but respect for for teachers. So thank you for that. And can you tell us a little bit about your your real uh, away from RVing, your real world? Yeah, um, we both teach high school. We actually teach at the same high school just outside of Atlanta. Um, I teach math, and Grant teaches American Lit, um, and it's not an easy job. There are definitely days that we question what we're doing. Um, <laughs> I know but, that. I know, you know that. <laughs> yes. That's, that's good. Well, again, uh, congratulations. Are you both from that area? I, your, your speaking di dialect is wonderful. Are you from that Atlanta area or is it another part of the country? 
We are both from the South, yes. Um, I I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida, um, and then moved to Savannah for a little while, and I've been in the Atlanta area for about 16 years. And I was born in Athens, Georgia, and I've lived all over the South, moved around a lot. My dad worked in insurance, and um, we, we got moved around a bunch. Ended up uh, grow, you know, finishing high school in Cartersville High School and then in Cartersville, Georgia. Went to the Army briefly and then came back, and I've been living in you know, uh, the north part of Atlanta now for 20-plus years. Thank you. Um, as we're about halfway through, I wanted to remind everybody that we're speaking with Grant and Bonnie Sinclair. Um, they are um, part-time, I guess, uh, RVers, and they've written a wonderful book, which I've been, I was remiss in naming the book. So could you just give us a little facts and figures, the, the title of the book, where it's available, the URL of your website, so we have that, that, that for, for listeners of the podcast. Um, the book is Moon USA RV Adventures. Uh, you'll find on the, the cover, it says 25 epic routes, and we firmly believe there's 25 epic routes in there. Uh, Moon supplies them. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. Um, most anywhere uh, you can find good travel books, you will find it on the shelves there. Thank you. Um, I wanted to follow up with, you know, the RVing lifestyle um, is largely um, idyllic. You get to see the world, some of the places that are in your book, and maybe there are others. Of course, there are others. But also, I know from friends who have RVs that there are pitfalls, and things might not always go right. Um, could you give us some examples of, of what you've learned through the years about, um, I guess, slightly putting words in your mouth, staying calm, <laughs> things can get worked out somehow. <laughs> what What are some of those areas that you'd care to share? Um, yeah, you know, things can and will go wrong when you're on the road, and you just kind of have to roll with it. Um, we have had several instances where we've needed to get service on the road, um, and sometimes you call the, you know, whatever shop you find or, you know, a place that campground may recommend and they say, yeah, we can get you in in two weeks. Yeah. And yes, sure. you just think, great, I'm supposed to be leaving town in two days. Yes. Um, and you make a few more calls and, and sometimes you, if you luck out, you can find a place that can get you in later that day or the next day. Um, but, you know, we have had, thankfully, only one instance where we had to actually leave our camper in a shop overnight for just one night. Um, there have been many times where we thought we were going to have to leave the camper for a couple of nights, but somehow we, I don't know, I guess we turned on the Southern Charm and we talked somebody into helping us out. Um, but honestly, you know, just if you have that and you have, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, we've had to kind of limp our camper a hundred miles to get to a, a service station. Um, we've had to cut uh, uh, itinerary short and just head home because we couldn't get the, you know, we, we got a, a service enough to get us home, but not really enough to keep going. Um, we've had to delay a trip. We There was one trip that we were packed up, ready to hit the road first thing the next morning when the service engine light came on on our truck. 
And so we had to take it in that morning. And they said, oh, yeah, it's going to be five days before we can get that part. So we, uh, we had to wait to even start that trip. So we've, we've definitely had our share, and we just roll with it. Yeah. Gotcha. You, you just have to learn to, to roll with it. And the one thing I will say is preventative maintenance helps a lot, but it only helps so much. There you go. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, self-reliance is uh, is a big deal in RVing because everything does break on those <laughs> those rigs. What do you guys think about boondocking? Uh, would, for people who don't know, that's where there is no hookups as far as electricity or sewer or water. Do you guys do that at all? We do on occasion, um, depending on where we're staying, especially if the weather is good. Um, you're not going to catch us boondocking in, you know, the desert of Utah in the middle of the summer. That's just not us. We, we like our air conditioning banks. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. The side of that is we've had some great experiences boondocking or camping in undeveloped camp, you know, un, uh, you know, campgrounds without any hookups at all. In fact, one of our favorite campgrounds was just outside of, um, uh, Crater Lake National Park in the National Forest there, and it was great. We camped for a week there and, and loved it. Um, we're excited to do more in the way of getting out and uh, doing dispersed camping, camping um, on Forest Service land or BLM land, um, and uh, getting to some places where it's a bit cooler during the day. You don't have to worry about running your AC, but it's also, you know, nice and out in the middle of nowhere where you can just really detach from everybody else. One of your bullet points uh, for your book is uh, how to pick a campground, I believe. When I pick a campground, I look at uh, Google satellite imagery to, to look at the lay of the land, and I also look at their websites, but I really think you can't trust a website too much. What, what do you think is the best way to pick a campground? What do you think is the when best? When it comes time to pick a campground, um, we're big believers in, you know, using, um, you know, group process reviews. So we're very much looking at, it's RV life. It used yeah. to be campground reviews, and now it's RV Life um, that does the uh, that does their reviews. Um, Campendium is another source that we look at, um, and then we're all uh, in all states. All states is another one that we look at. Uh, we like to dig in and look at you know what other people have had to say about these campgrounds that have actually stayed there, um, and because. Yeah, a campground may say, okay, we can handle, you know, a 40-foot-long camper and trailer, no big deal. But then you start uh, digging in and say, oh, that's only one campsite, and the rest of them, you know, you're not going to be able to park your truck there. You're going to have to park around the block. Well, that becomes a problem. Yes. But like you, we, we use the satellite image sometimes to look things up um, and... You know, it, any kind of research you can do to have an idea of what you're driving into um, is useful. And one one thing I will just piggyback on the satellite image that's really useful is it, it'll tell you how close the nearest major highway is. 
Right. So you know how much road noise you're going to be living with. Gotcha. Right. Uh, RV <laughs> sites seem to be real popular along the freeway for some reason. Yes. One other area that I, I'd like to yeah. know, know about is that, um, in my case, it might be a coffee shop or you're on an airplane or just being a, a social person. Um, the lifestyle uh, is a way that people meet other RVers, of course, and there's the RV lifestyle, which is encompassing, you know, meet, maybe meeting people that are out there from another part of the country, and and lo and behold, you're having a glass of wine together or whatever it might be, or sharing family stories. I'm sure you've had some of those experiences as well, and and could you share one? Yeah, I mean, we have definitely met people in many different areas that we've you know, had great conversations with. Um, it, unfortunately, we haven't stayed anywhere super long yet since we are only part-time RVers to where we've really been able to develop great relationships. But we've definitely met lots of people along the way, shared lots of great stories, um, you know, enjoyed refreshing beverages. Um, and we love that aspect of it. There's one campground I'm remembering that's kind of in the middle of nowhere in eastern Maine uh, that we stayed at when we were going to visit uh, Roosevelt Campobello International Park and St. Croix International Historic Site right on the Canadian border up in Maine. And we got to know the owners there, and the the name of the campground is eluding me at the moment, but... They had a happy hour in, up at the office every day at, like, 5 o'clock, and it was like, come on up, everybody hang around, have a beer or two, and swap stories, and it, it was such a phenomenally good time. Great folks, absolutely salt-of-the-earth kind of folks, and we just loved that whole experience in that particular campground. Um. And, you know, one thing we'll do or other campers will do is, you know, after dinner or whatnot is just kind of wander through the campground. And, you know, at that point, that's a good chance to talk to other people that are wandering around or sitting outside their camper and, and just really strike up a conversation with anybody you see. And, you know, that is talkative. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. So, I, I, we do like the uh, happy hours that seem to be all over their place there with any RV location we stop at and the uh, roaming around, talking to people. But uh, it's also about uh, dogs and dog stories. Everybody seems to have a dog. Do you guys have a dog? We do not. <laughs> we Actually, one of the reasons that got us into RVing to begin with is we traveled with our cat. <laughs> and, well, that's uh, different. We, that's too great. Wanted, yeah, and uh, we we wanted to, you know, we we got tired of leaving her behind for a month at a time, and uh, we decided that we wanted to travel with her, and uh, she, uh, you know, would ride in the truck with us, and loved camping in the the camper, had her spot up on top of the couch where she could look out on the world. Um, and uh, would sit outside with us while we were, you know, drinking a beer, reading a book. And uh, it was a great experience. And we loved having her with us right up until uh, the very end. She passed a few years ago. But uh, uh, we look forward to uh, having another cat or maybe a dog, who knows, um, in the future and uh, taking them on the road with us. Excellent. Yep. Great. 
Um, well, we want to thank, uh, it's been a great chatting with um, the two of you. Uh, we want to thank, again, um, Grant and Bonnie Sinclair. Uh, check out their book. Um, they have a, they, it's to reiterate what Bruce said, it's, there's so much detail. And um, if I were starting an RV lifestyle, I mean, there are lots of RV books, but this sounds like one that's practical, uh, people who have been in the places that they're writing about, um, husband and wife, um, all of that encompassed in one book, places to go, places to see. So thank you guys for, for being our guests on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Um, best of luck in your travels, and we've taken you away from your vacation. So as you would say, um, have another beverage at some point in time in the day, and uh, refreshing beverage, as you say. And uh, thanks for being available today. Thanks for having us on. We enjoyed talking with you. It has been an absolute pleasure, and we look forward to seeing you guys out on the road.